Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is time once again for the Jack Wagon Sports Podcast this week. Uh, it is January 12th on the day that you'll be seeing this. We had a very exciting week. Uh, there's no other place to start it than the National Championship. We're going to get into that in a second. But, of course, we need to remind you, head to W.GG. Uh, use the code JACKWAGON for 10% off your order, uh, and that's good. You don't, it's not just your first order. It's any order you get. Use that code, uh, and you get 10% off your order. So make sure you head over there and check it out. We would really appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, without further ado, let's just go ahead and get out of the way first. We had the national championship game on Monday. It wasn't even close. Uh, Georgia just throttles TCU. I think it was sixty-five to seven. Um, yeah, not not a great showing. Uh, I have some thoughts on it, but Nick, uh, let's get your thoughts on, on everything first. Yeah. So uh, the first thought I have, I guess, is uh, Georgia still Georgia. Um, we'll talk about you know, our predictions for next year here in a little bit. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, you can't count Georgia out until they give you a reason to. Um, as far as on the TCU side of the ball, you know, they were down, I think it was 14 nothing or 10 nothing. They came back, scored a touchdown. It was 10-7. And that was the last we seen of the TCU offense or defense, for that matter, um, for the rest of the game. Uh, the key for TCU was obviously to get out to a fast start like they did against Michigan because um, you're not going to give up, you know, a 14-point lead. 21 point lead, whatever to Georgia and, and think that you're going to climb back from it. Um, so I, you know, I think at some point the players and coaches might've been like, Oh, well, we're too far out of this and kind of, you know, I don't want to say they gave up because it's a national championship game, but that kind of mental aspect um, can definitely have an effect on uh, players and coaches on the field. But um, I, I wish it would have been a better game. I honestly don't know other than obviously the game against Ohio State. I don't know if Michigan would have done any better against TCU. Um, I think they matched up pretty similarly, but I, I, it's Georgia. You get Georgia in the national championship game. It's it's tough. Uh, Slade, your thoughts real quick? Yeah, I mean, just to go off of what Nick had just said with, with maybe a possible different matchup, I mean, I realistically of the, the four teams here, I hate to say it because I don't want to blow any smoke towards Jesse, but, I mean, I think Ohio State would have had the best matchup in terms of just too high power, um, or offenses, I should say, where the players are just so much better than the other teams that they're playing that, I mean, I saw today that they were talking about Stetson Bennett and how it's crazy that he's not, like, known as, like, this better quarterback and whatnot. And and the guy that was talking about it was like, well, that's because the receivers he's throwing to are five yards past the defenders when he's throwing the ball. Like, he's yeah. not throwing into, into, like, two defenders or anything like that. Like, he's throwing ball 60 yards down the field to a guy that's wide open by 20 yards. Um. First off, disrespectful by Georgia to be eating wings on the sidelines up by 40 points. Um, it, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, the I put a bet in thinking that they were going to, like, kind of push the pedal down or push on the brakes a little bit, kind of make it like, oh, yeah, everyone that drove hours and hours or flew spent a bunch of money to come here. Like, it was worth it. No, they said hell no. The backups <laughs> were scoring at a faster rate than the starters. I mean, it was ridiculous. At the end of the game, Kirby Smart, I, I don't know, and this was just like a voiceover thing, so I didn't actually see him say this, but – they had said that he'd said something like the scout defense from Georgia had played a better defense against his offense than TCU's defense. Um, I don't, I don't doubt that there's just players lined up back there. It's just, uh, it it was hard to see. I mean, uh, it was really hard. You guys were, uh, Nick especially was on Max's uh, bandwagon this entire season. And to just see that be the last game of the season for him, uh, it was, it was really rough to see, uh, it's it's just I think the ending of that game, the second half, the backups, third strings, whoever they wanted to put in, still scoring on a team that's in this in 
in the championship game that has their starters in and stuff like that. I mean, that just shows you what Georgia has looking forward. I mean, this is stuff that we would see troll level wise from Nick Saban taking his starters out um, to put the backups in to get them some playing time and, and it just going like that. What about you, George? Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, I want I want to go. With the, I mean, the big knock that he's saying right now is that TCU didn't belong in the first place. Uh, that Alabama should have been one of them in the playoffs. Uh, first of all, Alabama still wanted to make the championship game because they would have had to play Georgia the first round. Um, at the end of the day, this is the Georgia team, and a lot of people forget how good they were to start the season. I personally don't because they beat the shit out of Oregon 49-3. to um, and, and, you know, we saw them do that to multiple teams throughout the, the start of the year. They would play really well against a team like Oregon, and then they let Kent State hang around, and they only beat them by six points. The um, number two team in the country. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, like you, uh, Stetson Bennett was in until late in the, or the third quarter. Uh, he threw his last touchdown pass with 217 left in the third. Um, so, I mean, the backups technically only scored two touchdowns. But at the end of the day, one address I, I would like to give George is, listen, I, I am I am happy for you. You more than deserved your national championship. Nobody can sit here and argue, well, if they would have played somebody else. I think if they still played Alabama, I have them winning 65 to 31. Uh, we saw how terrible – uh, Alabama's secondary was, and they just shredded TCU secondary. I don't think there would have been any difference there. Uh, Al- Alabama's offense sputtered throughout the year, and we saw, obviously, how very good Georgia's defense is. Uh, they had a very good secondary, and th- the big uh, reason that they were so dominant is their off- or defensive line was getting pressure nonstop. Again, their backups were in, and they were still sacking Max Duggan. Um, and so I don't think even Alabama had anything for that offense. This was a Georgia team that got to sit, sit back for a week and a half now, and really think about, all right, you know, and to Kirby Smart's credit, he has this team ready. I mean, you saw all the interviews afterwards, like, oh, yeah, everybody thought, you know, was doubting us all season. It's like, and we're all sitting here going, nobody was doubting you. But at the same time, that's that's just the, the type of leader Kirby Smart is. He's sitting there telling the, these guys that, you know, people are saying you're going to go 7-5 and five this year. And everybody's like, no, we didn't. Like, But at the same time, we're sitting there going, no, we didn't because we don't want you to kick our ass. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that, that's how good of a leader Kirby Smart is. He had his team ready and poised to go out there and win this football game like that. And In halftime. Yeah. Um. And so, but again, this was just the Georgia team that we've been waiting since mid-October. We hadn't seen that, that team that just blows opponents out of the water, doesn't take their foot off the throttle since mid-October. I, I believe their last big win was over Vanderbilt 55 to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and so – uh, they they had a lot of doubts, especially after barely beating Ohio State. You know, technically, yeah, Ohio State should have been in, but they didn't make the kick, and they had to hear that for a week and a half. Going, well, maybe TCU does have a chance. You know, they they, they barely beat the, the fourth place team, and they were fed up with it. They came out, they just they punched TCU in the mouth. Uh, TCU had not had an occasion like that. All their games where they were losing in the first half this year, it was close. You know, it was a back and forth game, or it, it wasn't. You know, hardly any scoring. Like the Texas game, they came out the second half more more ready. This one, Georgia punched him in the mouth and just kept doing it, and they didn't have any response for that. Um, but my, my biggest thing is I, I want to get across is, I, again, I think that the proper four teams made the playoff. I don't think Alabama deserved to be in. They had two losses. Yeah, I understand those two losses were by four points, but Georgia also beat those two teams by a combined 31 points. Do so I, that maybe the rankings were just mixed up based on their play and stuff like that throughout the season, you had to put TCO to. Do you think that – maybe TCU should have played Georgia in the first round. I, I think I think After, looking at the national championship back, game, yeah, I think looking back right now, yeah, I probably would have put uh, TCU at four and then Ohio State, Michigan, two and three. Uh, but I think in the moment, I think the committee got it right. Listen, Ohio State 
yeah, they were undefeated until the last game, but that last game was really their toughest outside of the Penn State game. Um, and, and so I think that the committee had it right. Listen, TC was undefeated. They lost in the conference championship game in overtime, whereas Michigan, Ohio State, wasn't really close in the second half. Uh, and, and so the minute the committee made the decision, I think that's the right choice. Obviously, sitting here now with 2029, said, yeah, okay, TCU, I, I would agree putting them at four. Um, but re- regardless, the four teams made the playoffs that should have made the playoffs. Um, I don't think Alabama has any right to, to say, oh, we, you know, we should have got in. You finished fourth in your conference. Fourth place teams don't get to make the playoffs. I, I, I don't care what your ranking is. You finished fourth. You weren't even in the conference championship game. You know, you were eliminated with like three weeks to go. Uh, and, and so, again, I'm going to stick by my guns. Um, not that any Alabama fans pay attention to us, but they didn't deserve to be in. And I, I'm going to stick by that. Uh, again, I don't think even if they would have made the national championship game, I don't think it would have been a closer game. Um, I just I want to ask something real quick before we get into next year. Um, so do you think like I think about times like this um, and I want to say, oh, God, it's 2023 now. So it's probably yep. been like eight, nine years. Um, I can't think of the team that I'm trying to think of right now. But there was a team that had made the playoffs like when I was still in high school. I might have just gotten out, uh, whatever it be. And, you know, they got demolished. You see TCU make it. Does that if there's a team in the future like TCU um, that, you know, has had a good season, maybe they lose the conference championship. That's their first loss. Do you think that that would play on the minds of the committee from here it's, on out? In that's the, the first thing that people people have already started to put TCU with Cincinnati. It's the same yeah. thing that happened to Cincinnati. They got put in and everyone was on the committee about do not leave them out a second year because Cincinnati had a good year the year before. They mm-hmm. missed out because they were not undefeated. I mean, then they they repeat it and they they run the tables and they make it back and they're like, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna really keep this team out? They went undefeated. I mean, it, and so people are really. I mean, that's what I've seen a lot. I haven't seen people saying that Alabama should have been in or anything like Georgia saying that he's seen. I'm seeing more or less people saying that only three teams deserve to be in the the playoffs this year, not TCU. Yeah. Um, I, I think it will, unfortunately, weigh on the minds. I mean, luckily for for us, we only have one more year. I mean, granted, there's still going to be controversy. It doesn't matter how many teams we put in the playoffs. Yeah. There's still going to be people. There fighting. might even be more after this 12. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, people are going to be fighting, you know, when we go to the 12-team playoff after this, this upcoming season. Um, but, no, I, I think it shouldn't weigh on the minds of the committee, but it will. Um, again, I, TCU had a great year. They, sh- they essentially should have won their conference championship game. And a lot of what I, I get upset about what, when I see everybody on Twitter, it's mainly Twitter, but everybody's talking about, well, Alabama, you know, they should have been in, uh, they're also all over TikTok, uh, saying, oh, you know, you, you want, you don't want Georgia to win, but you, you, you kept yeah. us out. I'm like, nobody wanted you either. Like, I don't, I don't think yeah. you understand. It's like, nobody likes you even more well, than like, like Georgia. And like, I've seen some, like everybody talking about, oh, TCU didn't deserve to be in, like, but they beat Michigan. That's that's the point I'm trying to get Pretty to. And a lot of people to skip over that fact of yeah. coming into the playoffs, everybody said, we're getting Georgia versus Michigan in the national championship game. And they forget that TCU went out there yeah. and was up big in that game before Michigan finally stopped trying to get cute with the football. And everybody you know, points to missed calls by the ref. At the end of the day, that, that game should have been a lot like the Georgia-TCU uh, um, game, whereas Michigan was just handily winning that game. They were the best team on that field. But they, they got too cute. They got too in their heads, and they let TCU, you know, kind of get in there. And at uh, the uh, same time, you look at Ohio State barely getting in. Again, they were a missed field goal away from going to the national championship game. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of people are just looking at this game and refusing to look at the semifinals where Georgia had a one-point victory, and TCU beat a very good Michigan team handily 
Uh, and everybody's looking at like, well, the, the committee got it wrong. No, no, they didn't. We, we had a great semifinal matchup in both games. Yeah, yeah it, it just happened that Cinderella's shoe fell off, much like Ohio State's kick uh, went wide left. And we got a, a very bad, I don't want to say very bad TCU team. We just saw how good Georgia was. They just went out yeah. there and they absolutely manhandled that, that TCU team again. Uh, and also didn't help that TCU just refused to change anything up defensively. They kept going with a 3 3 5. Uh, they were getting zero pressure on Stetson Bennett, who was just throwing bombs. And again, if you give him five, six seconds to sit in the pocket, yeah, his receivers are going to run by the yeah. defenders. Uh, and, and that's exactly what happened. And, and um, also, um, when it comes to Georgia, like you're saying, we saw the best of the best there. Um, we had mentioned, I think maybe last week, I think it was two weeks ago, um, we had said Georgia the entire season. I mean, you had uh, Kent State, Missouri. Uh, they had slow starts against some of these teams, but very first game of the season, Oregon, they knew it was time to show up, and they showed yeah. out. Uh, then you saw it uh, a couple of games throughout the season with, uh, who was it, Tennessee that they played, right? Tennessee, LSU, uh, yeah. A lot, yeah. Like, they're I mean, big all, games. All the big games, they it. did it. Ohio State was the only close big game they had this season, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, again, I, I, I think TCU is just getting a lot of blame for it. And at the end of the day, yeah, they probably should have played a little bit better. But again, I think it's just more so on how good Georgia really is. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead. Let's move on. Let's look at 2023 uh, and, and what are our, you know, way too early predictions. Who do you think is going to be a national champion, Heisman, uh, conference winners, so on and so forth. Uh, I'll go first with what I think is my biggest one. I think we get four different conferences in, in the college football playoff next year. Next year is the last year that we're going to have a four-team playoff. Um, I think it's going to be a repeat of 2014. I think we get all four teams in. My prediction, I'm going to go with Big Ten, ACC, SEC, and the Pac-12 get in. I think the Big 12 is going to get left out. Um, I don't think Texas is going to be good enough yet. We saw how bad that offense is without B. John Robinson. Uh, Again, I'm not trying to hate on them. I think going to Alabama is going to be a very tough test. It's a lot different than playing them at home, uh, and that might be a very different result next year. Uh, Also, there's question marks around Alabama that nobody's talking about quite yet, just because Bryce Young is still there, um, is we don't really know who their quarterback's going to be next year and how good is he. Uh, we saw him in, at spurts this year, but, you know, I, I don't think we fully got to see, you know, a, a good game tape on him. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how good that offense still is. I mean, if this is Alabama, they seem to reload a quarterback every year. It doesn't matter. Uh, but we still have to wait and see. Um, but uh, the Big Ten, again, I, I don't know about Ohio State with their quarterback situation. Uh, Michigan, if Harbaugh does leave, I think that's just going to leave that program in a mess. We'll have to wait and see there. Uh, but Penn State is, is looking really good right now. We we still need to see if Alar can you know, live up to the hype if he really is that good. Uh, we Again, much like Alabama, we saw him at spurts this year, but you know sometimes he looks really good. Sometimes we're like, oh, you know, is, is this the guy? Uh, and so we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, but I, I think there's three teams there in the Big Ten that can absolutely make the playoffs. Um, the ACC, I'm not looking at Clemson at all. Uh, I still think that's a dumpster fire with their defense, especially. I'm looking at Florida State. Uh, this is a really good Florida State team. They were close to, you know, pulling off a couple big wins this year. They almost had to come back winning against Clemson. Uh, and, and so I, I think that program as a whole is going to take another step next year. Uh, so that's who I have tentatively circled right now. Uh, and in the Pac-12, I think there's five different teams. Four, mainly four, but possibly five. Uh, one of them is just because I don't really like them that much. But uh, I have USC, uh, Utah, Oregon, Washington, and Oregon State. Uh, they all have really good schedules. So when it comes committee time, they're going to be sitting there. You know, we always talk about these resumes and stuff. If any of those five teams can run the table, they will have a very good resume. 
USC plays at Notre Dame at Oregon. Uh, they get Utah and Washington at home. Uh, Utah is home against Florida. They are at Baylor, uh, at USC, home against Oregon, and at Washington. Oregon has a tough road test at Texas Tech in week two. Uh, I think that's going to be a very good game. Uh, USC, Utah, Washington, Oregon State. Uh, Washington plays uh, all the same big or Pac-12 teams, but they play Michigan State. Hopefully Michigan State's better next year. Uh, I, I hope so. That was really bad to watch them this year. And uh, Oregon State uh, doesn't have any tough out-of-conference, but they play Utah, Washington, and Oregon. So, again, I, I think the resumes are there. If a Pac-12 team can run the table, that they, they can stake a claim saying, listen, you know, we beat these really good teams. We deserve to be there. Um, I'll say my other two. Uh, Slade, uh, what, do you, what is a bold prediction or way-too-early prediction for 2023? I, I, I think that your prediction that the Pac-12 is going to make it is super bold just because I think that the teams that you mentioned are all going to be good. So they're going to end up knocking each other out at some point during the season. I think you're going I mean, to be and that's, having three yeah. teams with two losses and none of them getting in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's and that's, that's what the Pac-12 yeah. is really though. Right. I mean, sorry, sorry. But uh, I mean, every year we, we say that is this team looks really good, but then the, mm. the Pac-12 itself just eats itself from inside out. Every, every year we see it. Mm. Utah kept USC out of the playoffs this year and so on. So um, yeah, no, it, it's definitely, Bold, but I, I think, like I said, one of them will be the year. Next year will be the year one of them makes it out. But, but in terms in terms of my predictions for next year, honestly, I think that Florida State, like you mentioned, is the only thing that's going to change within the top 10 teams that we see here at the end of the season, the top 10 teams we saw right before bowl season. Um, I think we're looking at the same exact top 10 for the majority of next year. I mean, give or take, I think Notre Dame's going to pop in and out throughout the season. Um, but – I, th- I think that Georgia has just showed that they're going to be the next Alabama. I mean, they're just going to keep reproducing this talent now that they're they're on the on the wagon. They just people keep jumping on transfers. Um, I think Ohio State is is just going to be right there again. Same with Michigan. But here's the thing: if Penn State ends up being that next level, like we need them to be, it's the same thing as the Pac-12. You got three teams at the top, and they're all on the same side of the division. So. Only one team has the possibility of going undefeated, and it's rare that we see what uh, Michigan did to be able to get to the uh, Big Ten Championship there and run the table against both teams. Um, I think that seeing Nick Saban during the telecast and them saying that Georgia is the new IT team and him just, like, standing there staring, I I think that we're going to see Bama kick it up a notch next year. Now, they're in – a very tough SEC. So, I mean, like George said, they're going to face Texas, who's going to uh, make it very difficult for them. I'm kidding. But uh, I, I think that I think that he, when his team is talked down upon, he ends up showing up. So I mm-hmm. think that he is going to get his team into the top five, kind of be right there flirting with that four seed again next year. Yeah. Uh, again, before I throw it to Nick, just my, my main concern, even outside of quarterback for Alabama, is, again, their secondary was not that good this year. Uh, definitely not the, the what we've seen in the past. Uh, and also, you know, they just lost their best defensive lineman. He's going to the draft, too. Again, we, we've seen – also. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, again, we've seen Alabama year in, year out. Oh, they lost this guy. Well, you know, they can't be that good next year and still reload. So I'm not doubting their ability to reload. It's just right now, you know, two days after the season ends, yeah, I'm still going to question it. Um, but, Nick, uh, what are what are your predictions for 2023? Yeah, so um, I didn't really, uh, I didn't get a chance to sit down and look at all, all the schedules and whatnot. But as far as 
you know, teams and how they look. Uh, not saying that either of these teams will be in the college football playoff, um, but teams that I, I'm definitely keeping an eye out on, obviously Georgia, um, Bama, like you guys talked about, is very interesting, you know, if they can replace quarterback and fix up some of the issues. I mean, we think about SEC teams, especially Bama and Georgia. What do you think about elite defense and a, I'll say average 35-point offense? Because usually their, their defense is good enough, 35 points is going to win them games, and it will look like blowouts in a lot of those games they played. Um, so, you know, again, Alabama, very interested, interested to see how they turn things around this year. Uh, the Nick Saban motivation is definitely going to be a key piece to keep in mind because um, we all know he does not like to get talked down upon like Slade said. Um, Penn State and Ohio State, just like you guys mentioned, I think Michigan honestly takes a step back, even if Harbaugh stays. Um, just, you know, we talked about it after the Michigan game or the Michigan TCU game. Uh, Harbaugh just has a way of having a really good team on the field and blowing it at some point. Um, and Ohio State's going to Ohio State. Penn State, you know, we all think is going to take a step up. Michigan is going to fall in one of those games, um, so I don't see them sitting in the college football playoff. Again, again, I'm not saying that any of these teams make it or don't make it. Um, I, I just feel like they're – I think them and Penn State are going to swap places next year. You know, Penn State was kind of like right there this year. I think they just swap. Um, Florida points, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, give or take 20 points. Um but uh, Florida State was another good mention. I, I think they're going to be a very hard team to beat next year. Um, they, they have some question marks, you know, uh, not really anything major, but just can they put everything together and get themselves back, you know, to the playoffs? I, I don't know if they've played. I don't think they've played in the playoffs yet, but back at least in the national championship uh, conversation. Um, I had another one and I just completely lost it. Oh, Pac-12. Um, I. Utah is very interesting to me. I kind of feel like they're in the Alabama situation. I think they have the team to do it. Um, I haven't heard officially if Cam Rising is coming back. He's coming yet. back, yeah. He is? Okay. I, I hadn't seen it yet. So that, that's huge for Utah. Um, I think if he can play more like he played two years ago and less like he played this year, minus a few, you know, very good bright spots that he had, he can get back to, you know, being consistent like he was. Utah is a very scary team. Um, and USC, like I said, I, I think that, that they're going to be up there. Uh, Lincoln Riley's recruited well. He's got a good team there. Um, those are at least my teams to watch out for. I, I don't feel comfortable yet picking a picking a CFP top four yet. Yeah, I, so I got two more uh, way-too-early predictions. None of them are who is going to make it, um, but I have uh, nobody is going to enter the playoffs undefeated. I think that is a very good possibility next year. Um, again, we get to see where Georgia's at. Now, they have a very easy schedule to start the year, so I, I'm assuming by the time they conference play, yeah, they're going to be clicking on all cylinders. Um the, the good news for them is they at least get South Carolina early at home. Uh, again, I think it's going to be a very good South Carolina team next year. We saw how much of a step forward they took this year. Um, Spencer Rattler will be returning. And so I, I think that's so that's still going to be a very good team. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, as far as uh, my other prediction, though, um, I think the first two-loss team is going to get into the playoffs next year. Uh, I, again, I – I see multi, maybe a few SEC teams losing more than two games. Um, and, you know, the Big Ten, we'll have to wait and see. But, again, it is a two-loss Pac-12 champion going to get in uh, over, let's say, a one-loss American team? Uh, I think that's that's a very good possibility to look at. Uh, and, and so that that's my uh, other way-too-early prediction. I think next year is going to be the year we, we see a two-loss team get in. We were so close this year. Uh, maybe next year is the year we, we finally get pushed over. Uh, and one last uh, thing I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, the final AP poll came out, and uh, I am, I'm a little confused. 
because somehow Texas is ranked 25th uh, after getting – You betcha. The, the final score was, was kind of close, but the game wasn't that close. Uh, I thought that was a little little BS. And somehow um, – well, never mind. Oregon State was ranked below LSU, so I'll, I'll keep that to myself. But yeah, that's, that's my, uh, my, my last thoughts about the uh, AP poll for this year. Uh, moving on. on vacation. They do yeah. that while they're all on vacation. Yeah. Careless. Uh, yeah, moving... this sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on. Let's look at the NFL playoffs. Uh, they will kick off this weekend. Um, very exciting, you know, last day uh, playoff push for a lot of teams. Uh, the Dolphins get in through overtime in one of the worst football games I've ever watched. Uh, third string, third, the third string QB is faced off, and it wasn't pretty. Um, and now they sneak in. They knock out the Steelers, who did everything they could to get in. Uh, but Joe Flacco just fell apart one last time. Um, and, and so let's let's get some predictions here. I'm going to pull up. We're going to look at the bracket, and this is our playoff for the 2022-2023 season. Um, Nick, we'll start with you. What what are some of your your thoughts on the, on the playoff uh, you know format this year? Uh, and you know what are your predictions? Yeah. So I I really like the matchups that we have, uh, barring you know one or two here. Um, in this playoffs this year, I, I wish we could have seen Pittsburgh get in. I was rooting for them. Uh, like you said, they did everything they could. Uh, Joe Flacco just had to keep the Steelers out of playoffs one more time. Um, but yeah, a lot of really good matchups. I think there should be a lot of good football played. Um, uh, this might be the most even I've seen a first round of the NFL playoffs. Again, minus I, I think Seahawks 49ers is a bit uh, mismatched. And Bills Dolphins, especially after what the Dolphins just did, it's a bit mismatched. But other than that, I think these are going to be great games. Uh, so definitely excited for that. Um, am I making predictions yet? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay, so uh, Bills over uh, Miami. I think the Bengals take care of the Ravens. I, I'm a little stuck on the Chargers versus Jaguars because I want to see Herbert get his first playoff win. But at the same time, the Jags are playing absolutely lights out right now, especially compared to where they were at early in the season. Um, I, I have to take the Jags on that one. I, again, I want to see Herbert get his first playoff win. I, I think that game could go either way, but I'm going to take the Jags for the sake of it. Um, I, I think San Francisco steamrolls Seattle. Uh, Minnesota, New York is a very uh, – it's probably my game of the week or game of the first round, whatever you want to call it, because um, these are two teams played in the regular season. It's a close game. I think that New York is – a lot of people like to say, oh, well, this team's just going to be happy to be here. I don't think that's this New York team. I think Brian Dable has this team playing at the absolute best level that they could be playing at. Um, and, and I think that they're going to bring that energy. Uh, I know that Minnesota is going to be at home, uh, but it's a five o'clock game. So Kirk Cousins isn't going to be elite. Uh, I, I think at the very least, this is a close game. But I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that New York takes this. And then last but not least, on Monday night, uh, we have Cowboys versus Buccaneers at I don't care what record he gets into the playoffs with. I don't care how old he is. I don't want to face Tom Brady in the first round of the playoffs, especially, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Washington fan, especially if I'm the Cowboys who just came off our most embarrassing loss of the season to a third string, fifth round rookie quarterback and only half the team playing against us. Uh, so if I'm Dallas, I'm not feeling really good about Monday night. Uh, and I'm going with Tampa Bay on that. Yeah, uh, as far as my thoughts, again, I, I think on the AFC side, the Chargers-Jaguars is going to be the, you know, the game of the week over there, uh, and the Giants-Vikings uh, is going to be the best game in the NFC this weekend. Uh, I, I do have concerns. Looking ahead, uh, I have a lot of concerns about Philly right now. Uh, listen, I mean, it's kind of the same storyline story that they had in 2017 when they went out, when the Super Bowl. 
Uh, you know, they, they sputtered into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they used the backup, but for different reasons. Um, but just in general, watching Jalen Hurts come back, and not that he looks shaky, it's just that the team as a whole is giving me a little bit of concern. Uh, There's and, and always so, one Philly collapse somewhere in the season, and it hasn't happened yet. Keep yeah. That in mind. <laughs> uh, but it, uh, so I am just a little bit worried about them in the playoffs. As of right now, my, my NFC championship prediction, I'm going to have Philly versus San Francisco. Uh, I think both of them kind of have a, a really good path to get to that game. Um, you know, if, if Philly ends up playing either the Giants or, you know, the Bucks or whoever, uh, I, I think that they, they have the best chance regardless. And, and same thing for San Francisco. Uh, you know, whether they're playing Minnesota, Tampa Bay, or, you know, even another wildcard team, if we get two wildcard upsets somehow. Um, I think those are the two best teams. We we have yet to see Brock Purdy really fall apart, but I, again, maybe it's just because he's, he's that good somehow. Um, and uh, last but not least, as far as the Cowboys go, I think the Buccaneers handle them easily this week. Uh, Dak Prescott just looks terrible as of late ever since he came back from his injury. Uh, he's thrown an interception, I believe, seven games. Uh, it he is. I just seen this today. He is the first player in NFL history to lead the league in interceptions after missing five plus games. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I, I, I just don't have any faith in that Cowboys team. I didn't throughout the season. Uh, you know, even when Prescott's struggling, they can usually run the ball with Zeke and Pollard, the two headed, you know, backfield. They couldn't even do that the last couple weeks. Uh, and so I, I don't think Dallas, um, I'm not going to say they don't have any hope, but I, they, they definitely have a tough hill ahead of them. Um, the, the Bengals, I think, roll with uh, Jackson out, and even Huntley didn't practice today either, so not, not much hope there. It's just going to be a repeat of what happened this past weekend. Uh, and with Tua out, I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater's playing. I don't think there's any been any news on him. He was suited up last week, but he didn't play. Uh, if Skylar Thompson plays, I think Buffalo rolls, especially being at home. Um, but, yeah, those, those are my thoughts. Uh, Slade, uh, your, your predictions for this weekend and, and your thoughts. So first off, I hate the whole AFC side, the coin flip ordeal. Um, I, I also like them coming up with that as like the the process. I also don't like that the Bengals and Ravens are playing back-to-back weeks. I think this is horrible for the Ravens just because they are going to stick an injured Lamar Jackson out there possibly. I mean, or or just ride with Huntley again and just get creamed. Uh, I, whatever they choose, I mean. I think the Bills are going to easily beat the Dolphins this weekend. Um, I think the Bengals are going to beat up on the the Ravens, and I think that they're going to do it in in, in like like a two or three score game because he it was the Bengals coach correct that came out and said that the Ravens were playing dirty against them. I, was, I don't uh, know. I didn't see that. Yeah, so, I mean, I would watch the game, and it definitely I saw wasn't Harbaugh, the game, but Harbaugh after had said that like he rewatched the game and his his players played a a clean game and that he doesn't understand why uh, the opposing coach was like talking to the referees about his, his players dirty play the entire time um, uh, below that. I think Jacksonville is going to get it done here. I mean, the chargers have only played on the East coast twice this season. It was against the Falcons and the Browns and both games, they only won by two or three points. So, I mean, I don't know what that says about the chargers, but both those teams are crap this year. So, to say that they, they uh, only won two or three points against those and are in the playoffs, kind of rough. Um, I think the 49ers are going to get it done against San Francisco, or against Seahawks. Uh, I think that, unfortunately, I don't know, was this fake news about Saquon Barkley that came out today? Someone uh, said that, I saw a thing that said that Saquon Barkley uh, tore his ACL in practice and that they were going to do an MRI before releasing news, but I mean, then I, I haven't I seen didn't have a guy sense, so, I say I didn't uh, see anything, so I'm not sure. 
But yeah, I think that the Vikings, even without that news, I think that the Vikings are going to be able to get it done. And Kirk Cousins is going to have his chains around his neck and whatnot. Um, and then I think that uh, the Bucks are going to be able to beat the Cowboys and the Cowboys are going to really have to figure out what to do in the offseason because, I mean, like you had said, Dak missed how many games and still threw how many interceptions. Just crazy. Um, I would say I would disagree with you, Nick, in that the Eagles haven't had a downfall yet this season. Uh, the fact that after they lost their first game and the dude in the the dude in the locker room was saying like that's good, we wanted to get one out of the way, like, and then they went on like a three game losing streak or whatever it was. They've like, they've had a downfall, <laughs> but I, I'm just saying they haven't had the full Philly collapse experience right, that's right. Because then they asked then they asked Kelsey's uh, Travis Kelsey's brother, what's his brother's name? Jason. Jason. They asked him if he was. Like his teammate next to him was uh, glad that they lost. And he's like, uh, no, no, I wouldn't say that I was glad that we lost a game. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I hope it works out on the AFC side that we see Patrick Mahomes, uh, Burrow, and Allen fight it out to see who gets through to represent that side in the Super Bowl. I think, I mean, that's who I have getting the chance to, to go against each other. One of those three teams are going to make it. And then uh, I, I think that the Eagles are going to end up pulling it out. I think Brock Purdy – is, is going to do good for the 49ers and, and get to the, uh, what would it be, the conference finals. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that that's where we're going to see him just be outmatched is in that game. Yeah, so yeah. Um, and I didn't I didn't make my cha- my uh, championship predictions. AFC, uh, I have Kansas City and Buffalo. Uh, not that we want to see it again, but at least it'll be a good game to watch. Um, and then on the NFC side, I also have uh, Philly and Sam. Uh, and, and the last thing I want to say before we move on from the NFL, uh, the Ravens can suck my dick. Um, first of all, they they bitch them out. They're the reason that this coin flip we, ruling even came out. Are we the uh, swear jar? Yeah, we are. And, and you know what? I really don't care. But uh, they they were they bitched and moaned, and they were the reason that this this whole coin flip rule came out. Even though there's already a rule in place as to what should happen, you know, if if a game has to get canceled for whatever reason, whether it's weather or you know an event that you know that did happen happens. Uh, and it, it goes off a winning percentage. And, and so they, they griped and they moaned, and then the NFL's like, okay, well, if you beat the Bengals, then there's going to be a coin flip to see who wins the division, essentially. And then they put out the freaking third-string players. Now, now, I understand that the quarterback was hurt, but they just benched all their starters, and they didn't announce it until like 10 minutes before the game, and I had Mark Andrews sitting in my starting spot, and he got benched, and I lose my fucking fantasy championship. So fuck the Ravens. I hope they get fucking blown up by 60 fucking points this week. I really don't give a shit. Fuck them. Uh, I'm so fucking fed up with Nate, them. We're gonna clip this later, dude. We're gonna have to do the swear jar sweat next week. Jesus. Yeah. Um. So <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm a little heated. I'm a little heated. Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we might have it in time. Um. But yeah, that's. I just want to get out of the way. Uh. I, I sincerely hope the Bengals just rip their faces off this weekend. Um. But uh, moving on, let's talk a little PGA. I didn't think George was going to get heated about anything today, but here we yeah. are. Uh, I wasn't, and then Slade brought up the Ravens, and I was like, oh, you know what? I, I thought he was possibly going to get a little heated when I said that the Pac-12 is just going to knock each other out of the playoffs next year. But, but I, I like, can't. No, no, it's reasonable. It's reasonable. It's happening yeah, because, every year. It's reasonable. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> like, it's, like, I can't say, no, that's stupid, because it's like, nope, that's that's literally what happens every year, ever since yeah. Washington last made the playoffs. Um Speaking of teams that didn't deserve to get in, they got steamrolled by Alabama. I think they lost by like 40 points to Alabama in the semifinal. Um, moving on, uh, we're going to give our now PGA season predictions, some hot takes there. But first, uh, Nick learned a very valuable lesson this weekend. Uh, Nick, wh- why did we not I, hold on. keep I did not. Final? I did not learn this lesson this weekend. I have failed to learn it pretty much my entire life. 
but yes, we don't, we, we do not talk highly of anybody, especially me, does not talk highly of anybody until a game or ground or whatever is over from here on out. If you hear me talking, tell me to shut the hell up. Yeah. You're uh, talking or me betting if, on someone. Yeah, exactly. If, if I could and if have Slade and I talk, if, if yeah. I hype somebody up and Slade bets on them, definitely fade that shit. Yeah. I, I 100. percent If I if I could bet in North Carolina, I would have immediately put money on Mark Hobbit to lose that round. Uh, so for those that have no idea what we're talking about, uh, after the Friday round, Nick was texting us. Uh, of course, they had uh, the the PGA event this past week in Hawaii. It was a tournament of champions, really great tournament. Uh, and Morikawa was up by seven shots. And Nick is texting us, going, "Oh my God, Morikawa is going to be so good this year. I think he's going to win like six tournaments. You know, he might even win." You know, one or two majors, and just I also off. thought he was getting away with that one, so I just had five more. That was yeah. it, but and he was gonna win the tour championship. And I'm not saying you're wrong, I'm just saying, like, damn, it's two rounds into what yeah. I would call the easiest tournament so far. Uh, and then sure enough, on Sun- and watching that, I watched the, the full final round of his on Sunday. He was missing a couple early pots, but it wasn't bad, you know, because he was still making birdies. You yeah. know, he was missing his eagle, and, and he would still make pars, but. Out of nowhere, he just – it was like a whole eight or nine. Uh, and yeah, he just right just could not – he was hitting into the rough all of a sudden. His shifts were coming up short. He bladed one out of the bunker across the green on the back. I was like, what am I – like, I, it, the moment I saw that, I was like, okay, he's completely falling apart. Like, there, there's no, like, okay. And the announcer was like, his caddy needs to pull him aside and just calm him down. I'm like, there is no – like, we're not professionals. And, and yeah. you know, this is probably the reason why. But I – it's the human – you know, biology that whenever something starts going wrong, especially when it's been going right for three and a half days, and all of a sudden you're sitting there going, I just lost a seven stroke lead. Like, there is nothing you can say to a human being to get him to snap back. He needs to do it himself. Yeah. And, and just watching him continue to play the next couple of holes, I was like, no, it's not happening. He missed a two foot putt. It just, it, there was no break on it at all. And he just pushed it left. And I was like, yeah, no, this is, this is over. Um, but I mean, that's that's what makes golf so much fun to watch because somebody could be up ten strokes, and next thing you know, all of a sudden it's it's a fight for the lead. We're talking about going to a playoff, um, and that's why I love the sport. It, you know, and you're gonna have tournaments where yeah, the guy's gonna win by ten strokes. He's just not gonna fall apart. But it's those ones where you're sitting going, is he? Is he not? You know, uh, and, and that's what that's why I love watching golf, uh, and that's why you you don't hype somebody up on day two of a, of a tournament. Uh, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't just the fact that you were like, like if you would have said, "Oh, he's going to win this tournament by twenty strokes," I probably would have been like, "Yeah, he is." Yeah, it's the fact you're like, he's winning the tour championship. He's won in six tournaments this year. I was like, I went all in and George also half on black, half on red, and got green. George like, also just... mentioned that it was Friday, and the winner last year had won by had like thirty strokes under par or something yeah, like yeah. that. And you were, I was like. Hey, no, when I said that, you're like, you even doubled down more. I was like, all right, all right, I'm going to let it go. Uh, I can't back off. Nick, let's go ahead. Let's hear some more of your, your season hot takes uh, for this year. Yeah, so I already said it, so I'm going to stick to one. Uh, so we went ahead. Uh, we want to talk about some winners. Uh, so I'm going to start off with the four majors. I said Morikawa was going to win two in the text. I can't back off now despite being wrong for that last one. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him – I'm going to give him the open and and the PGA championship. I'm going to give him those two. Um, I did say, just to be clear, I did say, I, I didn't say he was going to win the FedEx cup. I said he was going to win either two majors or one major in the FedEx cup, just to be clear. But I'm going to, I'm going to go with two majors for my prediction on this one. Now's probably the best time to bet him for either of those after blowing a seven. <laughs> I know, right? His odds are probably high as hell. Plus 30,000. Let's get it. Uh, but no, um, 
for the Masters, uh, he, I'm going to have to go with Scotty Scheffler in the Masters. Um, he played a really good round this past weekend. I think that he's going to continue to stay up on the top. He's definitely one of the best golfers. Um, he fell apart. I, I don't want to say fall apart because that sounds kind of harsh. He still was up at the top at a lot of tournaments. But the first half of his season was definitely a lot more successful than the last half. Um, but I, I think that he brings it around this year. I think he wins the Masters this year. And then what do I have left? The U.S. Open. Um, I'm just going to – I'm going to throw – you know what? I like Rory. I'm going to say Rory wins the U.S. Is that, is that your only I, prediction? Uh, well, no. That was just for the four majors. So uh, the players I, – I put this on here. This was my topic. I put the players on here. I really – I couldn't tell you who's going to win the players. I probably couldn't tell you who's going to win half these tournaments. Uh, so we're going to throw another name out there. <laughs> I saw and, you put that in there. I was like, I'm not picking a player's winner. I don't well, know. Well, <laughs> like, I didn't know. I wanted more to this topic, but I was like, well, four majors in the FedEx Cup. That's about it. So I threw the players in there because I guess I feel like the PGA and want to act like it's more important than what it is. Uh, so, you know, I'm not going to guess it since none of y'all care either. And then uh, the FedEx Cup, um, uh, I'm going to have to go with Scotty Scheffler on this. Again, I think he puts more of a full season together here. Now, the great thing about golf is one person can have an absolutely don dominant year one year and then the next year come out and be like 50th. Um, but I, I think that Scotty's going to bring it around this year and, uh, and pull through definitely be uh, kind of, you know, we've seen him at the top and then he kind of fell off during the FedEx cup playoffs. I think he's around the top when the FedEx cup playoff starts. And I think he comes away. With it. Yeah. Uh, Slade, uh, what are some of your predictions and hot takes for the 2023 year? Yeah. So I didn't pick any names for these tournaments because I didn't either. I, so okay. I have a better chance at, uh, I don't know, winning a straight-up bet against one of these <laughs> football games this weekend. Uh, but I just think that seeing Rom win and the list of names in the top 15 or so, I mean, I think that this it's the same guys we saw compete last year. I mean, mm -hmm. I think we're at the point where uh, we're seeing the the guys like uh, Kepka, DJ, Jason Day, Watson, McElroy, Adam Scott, Tiger, Mickelson – Tiger and Mickelson obviously towards the later end of their career here in the last 10 years but we're basically seeing the next round of these 10 or 12 guys that are competing every week and now every once in a while you're going to see someone like JJ Spawn or Luke List win a win a uh, tournament but I think that that's going to be on a week that the main guys are taking off to rest and there's only like one of them say John Rahm's in there and John Rahm has a meltdown on Thursday and goes like four or five over over par and just has a hard time recuperating those those uh, strokes. Um, so I just think that that's where we're at this season. I think that uh, aside from Rom winning, I mean, you just look at the names. You had more power. Homa, Finau, Scheffler, Fitzpatrick, Zalatoris, Young, Spieth, and Cantley. I mean, the only ones that we didn't really see were Rory and Xander Shoffley. I mean, of those names, I mean, those those are the ones we saw all last season, and those are the ones still at the top to start this season. So, I mean, I think that that was my main thing that I wanted to go over with this topic is that we're, we're just back. It's like just like everything else. It's on a revolving door, and so now this is the next list of guys that are going to be here for the next two, three years. I also think that a big thing this season is going to be if we get to see some of these lift players get into – the tournaments that we said that they'll be eligible for. Now, obviously, like George had mentioned, there's only a few guys that are actually going to be eligible, whether they do it or not. But I think if they do, it's going to be must-watch TV. I think that you're going to see the highest viewership of a non-Tiger tournament that we've seen ever. 
Um, I think that it's just going to be crazy. It's all that's going to be talked about. You're going to see the live reporters and stuff there trying to get <laughs> interviews with their guys and the PGA. I don't know that. Well, I mean, I'm sure that they'll. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sure they do. I'm just like thinking about it. I'm like, wow, I never thought about the fact that they have reporters. Yeah, they're the ones. I'm that sure somebody out like, there. Is what do you? Reporters. What do you think about? being paid up front and now just showing up the tournaments knowing you're not getting paid anymore. <laughs> they're just like, well, I, my bank account looks good. Like it's just, <laughs> they're new. So they have to ask stupid questions, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> I, it just, I, I think that that is going to be what could make this season electric is if we actually get to see a few of those live players that are eligible to play in some of these tournaments actually sign up. Yeah. And um, so I'm, I'm going to get through my predictions. I'm going to start off with like, we're, we're going to do like a school scale. We're going to start at the bottom with like a bare wing and then progressively get a little bit hotter with the takes. Um, my, my basic take is I think we're going to have a first time tour champion winner. Um, the, the only ones I think that are even going to be, you know, competing that are past winners are McElroy, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, Jordan Spieth, and Billy Horschel. Uh, those are the six names. I went through all the past champions. I don't think Tiger Woods somehow makes it in there. Um, but of, of those six winners, I think, Pretty pretty certain we're gonna have a new one unless again Rory just has an out of you know out of nowhere year uh, and is, is competing really good late. Cantlay always seems to play well in the playoffs, so again uh, that's a possibility. Uh, but I think we have a first time tour champ this year, whether it's it's, it's um, Scheffler or you know somebody like Bill Zalatoris or, or so on. Um, also, uh, you know, take a step up here. I think Max Homa has a career year again. A guy, a young guy, we're all pretty big on. Uh, we saw he he has the ability to win. Uh, he played really well this week and was competing, kind of fell apart the last three holes there, had a chance to put his name up there, you know, minus 23, minus 24, where something major were to happen with the top two. Hey, he, he's there, you know, for a playoff or, you know, even somehow end up winning it. Um, but I, I think, you know, with the birth of his son behind him now, he doesn't have to worry about, you know, his wife. It, it, a lot of people will talk about like, oh, you know, I'm not thinking about what I'm, it's it's in the back of your mind. You know, I got a pregnant wife at home or she's at the course here. I got to make sure everything's okay. Uh, I think he's going to be a lot more adept being going out and just playing his game. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. He might even be competing in some majors, uh, which I, which I'd be really excited to see. Um, next step up. I think Spieth has a bounce back year. I think he's competing in more majors. I mean, this is a Jordan Spieth that missed the cut last year at the masters. Everybody was talking about it. He went out the next week and won the RBC down in South Carolina. Um, but I think he's competing at majors again this year. He might even win one. Maybe he's, he gets his master's jacket back. Uh, I think he ends up with at least two wins, maybe even three. Uh, speaking of wins, I don't think anybody wins more than three tournaments this year. Uh, so far, nobody has more than one win already. Uh, but I, I think, again, with not just the guys that are competitive, like Rom, Scheffler, Spieth, Thomas, and, and so on, I think there's enough of them that it's going to be a rotating door of who's winning each tournament. And I think it's going to be really close. I said this last week, I think this is going to be one of the most wide open, you know, years in golf that we've had in recent memory with, you know, competing week in week out. Uh, you know, I don't think at, at any point one particular player is going to go on a run. Like we saw Scheffler do last year where he won four, five starts. And I think it was or, um, five of seven starts. And he, he was on a tear and then he didn't win again the rest of the year. Uh, I, I think somebody might go on a, a small one, like, hey, they're going to win three of six starts, but I think that's going to be the most we see. Um, so, again, a little bold there on the take, but I think nobody wins more than three tournaments this year. Yeah. George, less than four. Nick, more than four. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nick's, Nick's more than four can only be more Cowa, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Should have thought that one through. 
My next take, uh, I think all four majors have a different winner. I don't think anybody, you know, I don't think anybody grand slams this year. Again against uh, Nick. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think anybody We're wins just taking the under four. on everything. Yeah. Uh, I think Zalatoris wins. We've seen him play mm-hmm. super well at the Masters. He finished second his first year there. He was tied six last year. I think he was only four strokes back. Uh, should have been five if Scheffler would have put the last ball. Yeah. Uh, he would have been five strokes back if Scheffler just put the goddamn ball in the hole, and I would have been $75 richer. But um, I think also we see a, a Korean win the major, uh, whether it's Sung J.M. Uh, or – yeah, Tom Kim. Tom Kim. I, I, I don't know what his real first name is, but they call no, him Tom. <laughs> no, no, I was like, I know it's so, like, super white, but I was like. I'm glad like, you said that because I, I was going to, after you were done, I was going to bring up a piece yeah. about those two. Um, but, I mean, M played really well. I think he actually ended up finishing tied for third at the Masters last year. Uh, and we've seen him play well throughout the year. Tom Kim is the next, you know, prodigy player a lot of people are talking about. He played really well this past week. Uh, hit a lot of really good shots. I think if one of them gets a little bit of momentum heading into a major, they can absolutely compete there. Uh, and and so I think we definitely see one of them win one of the majors this year. Uh, but, I mean, for Zalatoris, outside of the Masters, he finished second at the U.S. Open last year. Uh, and now he has his first victory off his back. You know, we, we've seen him putting a lot better this year. Uh, and I, I think he's going to be more calm to the pressure, and, you know, not let it cave on him like we saw at the U.S. Open. Um, where he just kind of fell apart there the last three holes. And, and, you know, the last hole, he needed a miracle putt that, you know, he just pushed past the hole. Uh, so I think he gets his first one. And probably my hottest take uh, at the Masters, because uh, so far that's the only tournament we know live guys are going to be allowed to play. Uh, I think Cam Smith will be the only competitive live player. I'm not saying he's the only one that makes the cut. I thought that was a little bit too far. I think DJ, he loves that course. He knows how to play there. I think he still makes the cut. Uh, but I think Cam Smith is the only one of the live players that's you know, we're watching him on the leaderboard on Sunday. He might even be in the final group like he was last year. Um, but that's that's probably my hottest take is I think he's going to be the only competitive live player at the Masters. And we'll, we'll see what other tournaments they get into, but that's that's my take. You also have to bet Kepka to make the cut because he always shows up. Yeah, not last the, year. Uh, those top tournaments. No, but last year that was in the mix of him being accused of going to the other But at, 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 at that saying, point in Masters, no, it wasn't. No, that was – I mean, that was four weeks of him denying it. and then That was the U.S. Open. Yeah, the Masters, he was fine. The Masters, he just sucked. After oh, okay, I, okay. I Maybe I was fantasy, Maybe I, I put money up. on him. I just yeah. remember it was like four weeks of them yeah. asking him, like, are you going? Because there's reports saying that you signed a contract. He's like, no, no, no. Yeah, that no, was the, it was the U.S. And Open then, where it got really big. And he, yeah, he yeah, did yeah. that full press conference, like, guys, I'm not leaving. And then, like, yeah. two days right. after the Open, everybody's like, you just – like, everybody was more upset because the PGA commissioner was at his wedding. He's like – you invite him there, and then you stab him in the back and leave. Everybody's like, all right, whatever. Insurance policy, just in case yeah. the contract fell through. <laughs> Any other thoughts, Nick? No, I'm good. I've said yeah, too I want much. Some, I want some guarantees, Nick. Yeah. Guarantees. You want guarantees. Yeah. Like, See, do, I was you feel, the... do you feel like you jinxed more coward? Do you think that he goes zero wins this year now? Oh, like, I, I wouldn't doubt like it six whatsoever. Or seven, six or seven runner-ups and just – I wouldn't Each doubt it. Just win. second place every week. <laughs> just bang, 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 bang. If he, if he uh, oh, I think the funniest part would be not just if he finished second. If he was like leading and then like collapsed, just I'm continues text, to collapse. I'm immediately texting Nick right away, going, "Oh, there's two. Oh, there's yep. three. Yeah. One thing. One thing I think that we should do this season, starting with golf, because that'll be the first one up here, is uh, we should be more transparent with the 
with the followers with our, our standings and stuff each week. Just maybe like a post each week about what our standings are. We can do it with NASCAR, and we can also do it with, with our picks throughout the season. Like we did well, that, but I, I was planning on, on doing like our, our fantasy picks right here on, on the show every week. True. Telling everybody, hey, this is who, I'm look, who, who I think is going to have a good week this week. Uh, yeah, and, it sounds and so good on. to me. Because yeah, yeah. last, last year we just kind of did it after yeah. the podcast. Um, I will double down. I since I had to stick with Morikawa since I already said it. I do think that one of the Koreans will win a major this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say which one. Again, I've already said too much, but I had to stick with Morikawa because I said it. And I now, can't go now back if you that. don't have to stick with Morikawa and and him getting more than three wins, uh, do you still think that you're that anyone will get more than three wins? George is saying three wins is the max he sees somebody getting this season. Do you think that you'd be willing to bet against George and that George picks under four and you pick four or over for any person? Doesn't have yeah, to work out. I'd take it. I, I think I think that's one of those things where you ha- you have a decent shot at either way because there's so much talent in the field that yeah, it's it good, could get spread it's good, out. It's a good uh, line. Yeah, I think three is or technically three, three and, and a half, half would be the line. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a great line because again, there's so much talent that it could. I think there's enough talent that a person like different. A different person could win every single tournament. Honestly, that more than likely not going to happen. The chances that are, are rare, but I also think that there's one person that could pop together four wins in a season. So, uh, I I'd be willing to go against it for the friendly sake of, of a nice friendly Lo- bet. Uh, lo- loser pays for a round of golf. All right, all right, there we go. All right, so I I'm saying no more than three. Nick's saying four or more for for one person. It doesn't have to be any specific player, but no, no more than four wins. All right, uh, that will wrap up our show. Real quick, just to back up, what Slade and I were just talking about, we, we do fantasy golf every year. We expanded to this year. We have uh, one friend <laughs> joining us. Um, but we, we pick six players every week. We have five starters, one alternate. Uh, and we will be doing that for every tournament starting in two weeks at the Farmers Insurance Open. Uh, and so we'll be doing our draft live here, and, you know, obviously keeping up with on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Um, so make sure you guys go follow us over there. And a public Thanks. service announcement. It might not be every tournament if George gets butt hurt because I won the last like four. He might skip a no name tournament. No, no, that, I already got the schedule locked in. You, All right, we, we have to do it on the show. Uh, I mean, worst case, if we don't do the show, we still have to do the draft. We are. Yeah. I, I have no excuse this year. I have a wedding. Well, I do have a baby coming, but I think I can still. I think I can text in between. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but real quick, one last reminder. Uh, make sure if you want to get some dubby energy, don't be a dummy. Get dubby. Uh, head over to w.gg, use code JACKWAGON for 10% off your order. Uh, that helps us out. That helps yourself out. It, it's a great energy drink. I love it. It's not mm-hmm. super high on sugar or caffeine. Uh, and they also do have a no-caffeine alternative. Uh, I definitely need to get some of that. But Anna, she said she wants to try it. Uh, but a hydration looking, drink. Yeah. Jade was looking at that too, yeah. If, if you're looking for something different than a Red Bull, a Monster, you know, something super high in sugar, uh, w is definitely a great alternative. So make sure you use our code JackWagon. Get 10% off. Go try it out. It is a great product. We really like it. Uh, we wouldn't be partnered with them otherwise. Uh, but that'll do it for our show this week. Uh, I couldn't keep it. I couldn't keep it straight. I like your stuff. Um, I'll buy it. No, yeah. I yeah, really I'm do sorry. like it. I'm, I'm t- not lying. Dude, I'm, I'm not telling lying. you, don't be a dummy. Get Dubby could be a presidential slogan. Like no, uh, Obviously, a president wouldn't use it, but it's it's that tier. I really, I really can't believe that's not their slogan. Um, I, I mean, they I probably had to. That's because we're not. That's because we're not their marketers. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but that will do it for our show this week. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We will be back next week for another episode. Uh, we're going to start talking a little bit of NASCAR here soon. The clash is right around the corner. Obviously, NFL playoffs are going on. Hockey is going on. 
EGA is going on, so we're going to have a full show next week, even though college football is over. Uh, so make sure you guys check us out for that. See you next week and have a great rest of your week, guys. Thank you.